0: It's a very difficult thing to think. This time is over, and somebody else is going to pick this up. And they might do it better. They might serve more fully. Something new might happen.
1: This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. I'm your host, Natalie owens Pike, Yale Divinity School Class of 2023. In this episode, we have Joel Baden, professor of Hebrew Bible and director of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School, joined by Bill Gettler, associate dean for ministerial and social leadership and lecturer in parish leadership and church administration at Yale Divinity School. This week, they're discussing 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 18, which is appointed for the 11th Sunday after Pentecost in year A. Let's listen in. First Kings, chapter 19, verses 9 through 18. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go. Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also, you shall anoint Yehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, of Abel Mecholach, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael, Yehu shall kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Yehu Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him.
2: Generally, like the most famous part of this Elijah bit that we're talking about is the part in the middle. It's the appearance of God. It's the whirlwind. It's the noise and the thunder and God's not in that and God's not in this, but then you get the still small voice. And I think that when you and I were reading this, we actually were both more interested in what comes in, our, in this reading before and after that. You, you were interested in, boy, Elijah seems to be in a pretty bad place here. And I was interested in look at all the deaths that are promised at the end of that. So why don't we start? With, why don't we start, Bill, with what what you're in, into here, which is Elijah having come to the end of his rope.
0: Well, Elijah's at a really low point. He has been he's been the hero. He has uh, he's taken on the, the the prophets of Baal. He's brought the widow's son back to life. He's been a pretty big deal, and and now we find him in a very different place. He is not hearing the direction, he does not feel necessary anymore. He's kind of been knocked off his high horse, right?
2: Yeah, and which I mean, you brought up the you know the fight against the prophets of Baal. That was that just happened. Right, that was the last chapter, the big, you know, he's up on Mount Horeb. And, you know, the, I mean, that, that's the big climactic moment of his prophetic career, right? He's done, as you said, he's done all the little like miracle-y stuff. And he's now done the big like defeat of the prophets of Baal. How does he end up here at, as, at sort of this low point? And the answer is for all of what he did, that, that the, you know, Ahab is still alive and is still trying to kill him. And what was it all for?
0: And he's hiding out and he's afraid. He's Mm -hmm. afraid for his life, and God is not talking to him anymore.
2: And when God does talk to him, I mean, the first words of of our reading are, What are you doing, buddy? (laughs) You know, uh, aren't you supposed to be out there uh, doing, doing, doing your stuff? And he's in a little bit of, is a little bit of desperation here. Um, I read this as as relatively sad and pathetic, right? Like I did all, the, I, I did everything. I don't know. You're the Christian here, but uh, you know, I, I hear, I hear a little bit of echoes of you know Jesus eventually uh, talking this way too. Like I did all the things that I was supposed to do, right? Did I make that up?
0: <laughs> uh, well, let, let's just say that he he imagines that he alone is faithful to god that he alone is the one who has been steadfast when in fact we know that's not true there are going to there are, there are around him others who are still going to step up in his place
2: do you do you read that as is it solipsism i mean is is he in the way that i for example find some some of the biblical characters, like Jeremiah and Nehemiah, to be a little bit self-serving, right? In, in in their description of everybody around me is terrible, but I'm holding, you know, I'm the only one who's stayed true. And to me, it just reads as uh, as ego more than more than anything else. Is that what you're reading here? It is.
0: I I, I don't think I follow you on the Christian part. <laughs> I, I don't see that as a precursor to, no, no, no. to Jesus. No, yeah, not that. Yeah, part. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's mad. He feels like he deserves praise but he's getting nothing. He's, he's now in, in the silence, and he's recognizing that he's been put off to the side.
2: If, and if for you, does that actually connect with the still small voice thing? Do those two things tie together?
0: Well, sure. And I, I think probably a pretty common reading of it would be when all the other noise starts to shut down in one's life. When when all of the ego stuff starts to be pushed aside, then we make a little bit of space, the, or space is made for us, and there's the possibility that we're going to hear what we hadn't been paying attention to before.
2: So, is it necessary for Elijah to have been to have fallen, taken,
0: taken down? A st- yeah,
2: you know, after he has done the thing on on the mountain in the previous chapter, he's just done the the biggest, coolest. He's at sort of the height of his powers. Is is part of the story? Like, you know, that's. Not actually what you were. You didn't achieve the thing. You need to be. Don't get full of yourself. I think something that's like not
0: that. an unfamiliar story of faith. It's not an un, unfamiliar story of finally paying attention to to God and to God's voice. And this is why people go on retreat. Mm-hmm. This is why people get out of the busyness of life. And 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 many religious traditions will require that. That when that space is made, doesn't require. It doesn't mean that God's going to speak, but it does create some space. For that possibility for us to hear,
2: yeah, you know, I'm I'm fascinated by you know the fact that what comes of this is not okay, Elijah. Right, like we've like returned you to we've sent recentered you or whatever it is. Now let's send you out again to do the renewed. same thing as before. No, it's it's okay. I think you're done.
0: I got a little job for you. Yeah, you, you need to make some appointments,
2: right? But but that's it, right? It's it becomes the turning over to the next to the next generation and. You've retired from being a pastor. Is that—does it, it, does this ring familiar to you? Is-
0: you know what rings familiar is that that's a very hard space to occupy in probably all of our lives. It's, very, it's a very difficult thing to think. This time is over, and somebody else is going to pick this up. And they might do it better. They might serve more fully. Something new might happen— that's not really his worry, but but that is the larger story of things, isn't it?
2: Yeah. It's funny. Elisha's
0: gonna be pretty good at this.
2: Indeed. And of course Elijah is, you know, very much a type of Moses, right? The the two of them, you can plot their lives onto each other. And Moses got similar stuff, right, at the end of his life where it's like, Okay, you actually didn't you did a lot, you didn't quite get there. You're gonna to have to turn it over to somebody else who's who's gonna take it from here. And for Moses too, there's a there's a sadness there. It's like You sure I can't hang on just a little bit longer? But the the time is is what the time is.
0: I think about religious leaders in society today. It's not very common for them to step aside from the role. Mm -hmm. They usually do their very best to hang on there until the end. And this this text is the story of a great and faithful soul who grows faithless, perhaps. Who turns his back on God, perhaps. But at any rate, he moves out of the center of the story. Mm -hmm. By his own design or not, probably not. And the story continues.
1: Thank you for listening. And thank you to our professors for your insights on this scripture. The transcript of this audio and lots more Bible study resources are available at yalebiblestudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School and is produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey. Associate producer Aiden Stoddart, executive producer Helena Martin, and me, your host, Natalie Owens Pike. Mixing on today's episode and our theme music are by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.